it was all non-rock and roll. It was like all that old rock language that, you know, like the Beatles used and, and the Stones and Dylan. He just went, you know, like that can all be thrown away and you can put yourself in these positions of um, almost like a movie or a short story and just sort of put yourself in there, you know, like the I of, you know, who you are, like I do this or I do that doesn't have to be who you really are. This is Essential Tremors. I'm Lee Gardner. I'm Matt Byers. The idea behind this show is to have musicians and other creators talk about songs that shaped who they are. We're not looking for favorite songs necessarily. We're also not looking for songs that they'd choose to take with them if they were stranded on a desert island. What we're looking for are songs that have significance to them. Songs that might have changed the course of their creative lives or their lives in general. Underwater, standing in a sunken canoe, looking up at the water lilies, their green and violet blue, and still the sun it finds a place to lie to me, and still the sun it finds. That it's warm beside me Green and violet blue No matter what you say No matter what you do I want to be the one And love is a sign Robert Forster began his career in 1977 as a founding member alongside Grant McLennan of Australian pop band The Go-Betweens. The band released nine albums some with major label support to significant critical acclaim. Their work also earned them a devoted following. However, they were by standard record industry measures considered commercially unsuccessful and struggled to find the larger audience many felt they deserved. The John Lennon, Paul McCartney-esque songwriting dynamic developed by Forster and McLennan, in which each would have a specific set of songs on albums that were written and sung by themselves, is an important element in understanding the band as being led by two very different but complementary writers who created a larger body of work that is unlike any other. After the group initially disbanded in 1989, Forster embarked on a solo career that continues to this day. His newest album, Inferno, was released in 2019. Forster and McLennan eventually reformed the go-betweens and released three more records in the early aughts, with their collaboration ending at the time of McLennan's untimely death in 2006. The first song Forster described as being formative to him was Ray Charles' I Can't Stop Loving You. Sometimes 
useless to say So I'll just live my life In dreams of yesterday Well, the, the first um, formative song would be um, I Can't Stop Loving You by Ray Charles. And I heard this when I was about five years old, which uh, would be 1962, which would make sense because it was a song uh, before the Beatles hit. And uh, in my family, we, we had a radio, which was basically the only way that I heard music. And we're living in a, a suburban house and uh, neither of my parents were musical, but there used to be a radio on in the morning as my father got ready to go to work. And um, it just seemed like for a couple of months, this song was played every morning uh, in 1962 when I was five. And it just, uh, it just sort of overwhelmed me really when I was that boy, that young boy, that just the size of the track, the sound of the voice, the, almost the heavenly choir of the backup singers. It's a very romantic song, you know, it's very melodic. It's very, the chorus is just enormous. And the song just sounded really big in our house. It just seemed to fill the house. And I can remember whenever the song came on, I was very, very happy. And it just, it just, I mean, this is all years and years and years before I picked up a musical instrument or, as I said, there was no music really in the house outside a couple of hours of radio every day. And I just remember this song. And just the beauty of his voice, the, the size of the song, the, as I said, it's just ultra romantic. And it just hit me and I, can see it now as being a real turning point and just when my heart and my mind opened up to music. It's obviously a very, it's like a ballad in a way. It's, it's very melodic. As I said, it's romantic. So I hope all of those things have perhaps come into like the go-betweens work and my 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 song my solo work and my songwriting in general um you wouldn't say that there's a lot of uh soul influence in 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 what i've done um but i think this song is i mean primarily it was on pop radio it was on commercial breakfast radio so it was a pop hit, and pop music is definitely something that uh, has always been a big influence on me. So perhaps it, it came in that way. The second song Forster described as being essential to him was David Bowie's Starman. Yeah, 
song would be going on actually 10 years so instead of being five I'm now 15 and I think this next song is probably quite a few people have this epiphany moment with this song which is Starman by David Bowie um, again it's I'm still listening to the radio I am radio and it's a a hit in Australia, Brisbane, where I'm living. I'd sort of heard the name David Bowie in the music press, but I hadn't heard anything that he'd done. And I can just remember the moment when this track came on. Although I didn't know anything about rock history at the time and, and I couldn't look into the future, obviously, it and, and I, I couldn't formulate this at the moment, although maybe I felt it. It felt like the 60s were over as I heard this track. It was like a song that uh, that the Beatles couldn't have done, that the Stones couldn't have done, that Dylan couldn't have done, that the Doors couldn't have done. It, it, it was all the next step on, just the way Bowie sang, the production on the track. Again, it's a very romantic song, um, and it's a huge chorus it's a very idiosyncratic vocal um, and just the whole thing of, you know, like a star man in the sky talking to you on your radio was in a way what Bowie was doing, you know, like he was, he was the star man. He, he was the person that was out there in the ether somewhere and you were the person that were listening to the radio and hearing him come through with his message in a way. So the whole song sort of turns on itself. And just as a 15-year-old boy, uh, it just knocked me over. It just uh, was something that uh, he immediately felt like um, he could be your artist. You know, it wasn't like, oh, this is just an attempt at a hit record. It, it, it felt like he was trying to pull you in, and if you were on his wavelength, then he was there for you. And, and I felt all of that when I was listening to it the first time and when I listened to it more and more when it was on the radio and I bought the single. But Bowie, Bowie is a really hard person to uh, have a, like for a singer-songwriter, he's, especially his early work in the 70s around this time, is very, very, um, he's a great musician. Like the, the thing with Bowie is, is the thing that gets hidden is that he's a great songwriter. And so all the image and all the changes I found almost got in the way of his music of him as a songwriter. I, I sometimes found this sort of self-conscious, you know, like this is, I'm Ziggy, I'm Aladdin Sane. 
just a little bit wearisome in a way because I just thought he was just an, an amazing songwriter and very complicated. He uses quite complicated chord structures. Nothing's all that straightforward with him. Um, but he was sort of, um, I really liked his voice. I really liked his daring. I liked him musically, basically. Um, and all the way through the 70s, really, you know, I loved Young Americans. I loved Station to Station and Low and Heroes. I, I, I just liked the fact that he he changed, but I never thought really of changing so much myself or the go-betweens changing so much. But I, I'd have to add, you know, the thing with Bowie was, which was great, was always go forward. And that's something that I took on, you know, like even with my early songs, you know, like the go-betweens first single, you know, Lee Remick and Karen, all those early songs, I knew I couldn't, you know, I wrote those songs when I was 20 and I didn't want to be singing them when I was 30 or 25. I sort of knew that I had to keep on going and keep on burning through my songwriting and looking for new things. And that really came from Bowie. Bowie, that, that was a lesson from him. The third and final song Forster chose was Talking Heads' Life During Wartime. By this time, I'm songwriting, like Starman, I was 15. Um, Life During Wartime came out on Fear of Music in 1979. So I'm 22 now and I'm I'm a songwriter and the Velvet Twins are going. Again, this is like, uh, I really love this track, primarily for the lyric, um, because I think think Burn really opened up new... It was an awakening moment. Again, like this is a song, you know, it's all about, you know, dressing up as housewives. And, and it's this sort of really weird um, 70s paranoia. And like there's a little bit of most like Patty Hearst and just sort of people living underground. It, but just the language of it, um, you know, like weird words, weird new language into rock music is what Byrne did. Um, again, this is something that Dylan couldn't have written. It's something Mick Jagger couldn't have written. It's something um, Neil Young couldn't have written, although, I, you know, I admire all those people. This, this was like a 70s singer-songwriter. And although, you know, like the Talking Heads were 
a great, great band. I can remember listening to this track and thinking that um, language in rock music was, he opened it up. And he, he brought in new words and, you know, like, um, and, and, it, and, and it's a beautiful melody, you know, the whole sort of melody of the track is great. Um, all that, you know, this ain't no disco, you know, this ain't messing around, this ain't no CBGBs. All, all of that is really good, but the verse is really great. Um, it's, it's just a really funny, it's like he's trying to tell a story, but he knows that that storytelling in that sort of really traditional way is like a 60s thing or a early 70s thing, and it's a lot more cut up and wry and funny and... Yeah, it was just like lyrically, it just opened up wells for me, this song. This was something that I could use, you know, like it was almost like when I listened to Ray Charles at five, obviously I couldn't do anything with that. It just opened me up. Um, and Bowie just had me on the cusp of, you know, learning to play guitar. And Bowie was almost, you know, like that was all too far away. I, I couldn't even see myself as a songwriter then. But David Byrne with, with this, um, it it just it just allowed me to do anything that I wanted to do and and take situations. It was all non rock and roll. That's what it was. That's that's what Byrne did was it was like all that old rock language that you know, like the Beatles used and and the Stones and Dylan. He just went, you know, like that can all be thrown away and you can put yourself in these positions of um, almost like a movie or a short story and just sort of put yourself in there, you know, like the I of, you know, who you are, like I do this or I do that doesn't have to be who you really are. Um, but at the same time, what I liked about Burn, it was never silly. It, it was never like, oh, I'm being, a, you know, like a funny guy and, you know, and it's just, um, meaningless, you know, he stayed in character all the way through like songs like this. Um, um, in, in, a, in a way, in a way, he did it like the, 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 the first song he did this really well, but I prefer Life During Wartime. But the first time he did it, uh, perhaps was like the Psycho Killer, where he gets into that character, but you know, like. It's sort of that character relates, you know, like him wanting stillness and him him just sort of being on edge. That's what what Byrne was probably like, but he broadens it out into the psycho killer character, and that's what he does with life during wartime. It's all, you know, like changing. He's singing about changing personalities and you know changing clothes and changing job. You know, it's just it's just fantastic. And and so, you know, like that, I thought, oh, well, that's something that I could do. You know, like that's. That, that opens doors to me, lyrically. This has been Essential Tremors. Essential Tremors is produced by me, Matt Byers, and Lee Gardner. Essential Tremors is distributed by WYPR Baltimore and NPR. 
Look for and subscribe to all of WYPR's podcasts at wypr.org slash podcast central. For more information about Essential Tremors, go to essentialpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. That's wonderful. Uh, that's beautifully put. Thank you. Um, so yeah, that's that. That should largely do it. That's exactly. Oh, it. thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm just a huge, huge Go Betweens fan and a fan of your work, and it's really an honor to talk to you. And oh, thank you. Doing, you're still working and doing interesting things. It's a wonderful thing for the world. Okay. Well, thank you, Matthew. That's very and and thank you for. Um, wanting to talk to me and um, setting this whole thing up and doing it. It's been a real pleasure.